The Mask of Amontillado by Ian Smith. The thousand injuries of Fortunato I had borne as best I could, but when he'd ventured upon insult, I vowed revenge. After all, sticks and stones could break my bones, but words are where I draw the line. I resolved he must not only be punished, but punished with impunity and set forth a perfect plan of vengeance. It must be understood that neither by word nor nefarious twinkle in mine eye did I give Fortunato cause to doubt my good will, even when he got physically violent again. He had a weak point, this Fortunato, or Max, as he was often called by family and friends, even colleagues. Fortunato was a connoisseur in comic books a man to be respected and even feared in his knowledge of obscure superheroes, and I knew that's how I'd get him. It was about dusk one evening, during the supreme madness of Lobster Fest, that I contrived an encounter with Fortunato. Hey, Dougie! Hey, Fortunato! No, Max, you know this. We've known each other for years. I saw you last weekend at Marlene's. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, hey, Max, how's it? Ugh. Fortunato accosted me with an excessively warm hug, for he had been drinking before the drive over to Red Lobster. <clears throat> oh, that reeks. Hey, listen, I'm glad you're here. I wanted to talk to you. I did too. What a weird coincidence, running into each other here, both wanting to talk to the other. Well, not really. I mentioned at Marlene's I was coming here, remember? It's nine years today since my wife was last seen. Jenna, we all came here after the play. I do this every year in her memory. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Hey, Fortunato. Max? Max, right. You're a big comic book guy, right? Uh, kind of. I I keep up with the Marvel movies. That's great. You were luckily met. I received a comic book of what passes as the first issue of The Mask of Amontillado, but I have my doubts. Oh, uh, I wouldn't know anything about that. Maybe you should talk to... Nonsense. Your connoisseurship in these matters is to be respected and feared. I wouldn't go that far. I I had a few comics when I was a kid. Your expertise is confirmed. Come, I must show you at once. It's it's the middle of Lobster Fest. Are you going to stand here all day? You're blocking the lobster tails. I'll move when I'm done. Listen, Dougie, I think I'm just going to keep wallowing in this lobster bisque. The tears add a bit of salt that it needs. I hear you, pal. That really is what you said, but hey... Let's go check this comic book situation out real quick, and you can get back to whatever you were saying. Hey, move, you two! You're holding up the lobster tails! They're not going anywhere! Okay, Dougie- I paid to eat here like everyone else. You can't take the lobster tails hostage. I'll move when Fortunato comes with me! It's Max. Go with him already, Fortunato. Lobster Fest is almost over! See, you're holding everyone up for lobster fest. Let me at those tails. This isn't it's gonna bring lobster life time, Fortunato. My name's not. I don't want to. All right, fine. Okay, let's go. Yay! Yay! Thus speaking, I had Fortunato possess himself of my arm and suffered him to hurry me to my palazzo, which is like a fancy house, sort of. Hurry, Fortunato. Max. Hurry, Max. To my palazzo. I suffer you. You're, you're what? It's like a fancy house, sort of. I knew there were no attendants at home. I couldn't afford them, but if I could, I would have told them anyway that I would not return until the morning and not to stir from the house to ensure their immediate disappearance, one and all, as soon as my back was turned. 
Oh, to be rich and despised is this. To be respected so little my wishes go unheeded. Perhaps one day. I took two flashlights, and giving one to Fortunato, guided him through several rooms to the archway that led into the basement. What's with the flashlights? It adds to the spookiness. Now come. I keep it down in the basement. So what's this comic book you wanted to show me? The Mask, the mask of Amontillado. Amontillado? Isn't that a wine? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So how does that work? He fights crime in wine country. And he has a mask. Someone published that. There's also a camel. That doesn't make any sense. Come, Fortunato. Max. Come, Max. I'll prove it. We're almost there. I just... I don't know. This seems weird, but hey, now that we have a second, I, I wanted to talk to you about something. Ah, uh, that's right. You mentioned that at Lobsterfest. Exactly. At Lobsterfest, I mentioned it. But listen, I wanted to apologize for what happened at Marlene's. What? Whatever do you mean, Fortune? I, I mean, Max? What I mean is, I know I jostle people around a bit. I'm a physical guy and I'm working on it. I literally don't care that you do that. But I wanted to apologize too for what I said. I've been stressed at work. You know, if the anniversary of Jenna missing, I snapped a bit and said your singing was trash and uh, <laughs> that was wrong. And I'm sorry. Oh. Well, that changes things a bit. <laughs> I mean, you did hog karaoke for hours before your ABBA tribute. I like them a lot. And their music's not bad either, you know, Mamma Mia. I know. Don't sing it again. But I shouldn't have verbalized what we were all thinking for that. I'm sorry. That's, uh, that's not what I was expecting out of this. Um, you know what? Let's forget this. No, come, Dougie. We're almost there. Show me this comic book you purchased. It, it's nothing. You're busy. I have no engagement. Come. It's not even a first issue. It's maybe in the 40s. I still like to see it. It came all this way. Lobster Fest is wrapping up soon. You don't want to miss the fireworks. Dougie. What's really going on? Well, Fortunato, Max. Max, I have to be honest with you. Tell me. I was planning on tricking you into that recess in the wall and sealing you inside. What? Why would you do this? The insult from Marlene's. I don't understand. How would you get away with this? I, I had brick and mortar over there to build a wall behind you while you look for the comic I made up. There wasn't even a real comic? Nope. But I still don't understand. How would you get away with this? There wouldn't be enough time for the wall to dry. Couldn't I just push it over while it was still wet? No, no, it's fast drying. I'll show you. I beckoned Fortunato into the recess and, with the aid of my trowel, began vigorously walling up the entrance of the niche. I had scarcely laid the first tier of my masonry when I discovered that the intoxication of Fortunato had in a great measure worn off, the earliest indication being his admittance. Hey, I'm losing my buzz a bit. Is it cool if I grab a beer? I actually don't have any. It's fine. No worries. I laid the second tier, and the third, and the fourth, and then I heard the furious vibrations of a chain. Hey, Dougie? Yep, Fortunato? Max? Max? Hey, I found this chain in here. It's pretty dandy. Picks up. Huh. That is dandy. The noise lasted for several minutes, during which I seized my labors and sat down to listen. When at last the clinking subsided, I resumed the trowel and finished without interruption until but a single brick was to be fitted and plastered in place. Fortunato met my eyes through this gap in the new wall. Is that about it? Yeah, that's pretty walled up. Go ahead, try pushing it over. 
<clears throat> You're right. That dried pretty fast. Your plan would have worked on me perfectly, I bet. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. I've done this before, so I, I knew it would work. Really? When else have you done this? Do you remember after Jenna's play at Red Lobster, and she said I was a loud juror? Yeah. No. Yep. You did this time too? <laughs> Nine years ago. Can you believe it? It's wild. Where is she? You see the spot over there? That's the one. Wow. This whole time, I've been wondering what happened to my wife who went missing all those years ago. And all along, one of my close friends just walled her up in this basement for revenge. And then he was going to do the same thing to me. <laughs> I know. It's like, hey, get a different idea already, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh that's good very good joke indeed an excellent jest we'll have many a rich laugh about it at the palazzo which is like a fancy house sort of um how do we get you out now it's pretty solid can you fit through the brick hole that's left um, let me see <coughs> no just my hand row huh all right well i don't like to leave things unfinished i'm just gonna put this last brick in no, I, I get it. You gotta finish with the start. That's my motto. What? I said you gotta finish with the start. That's my motto. Okay, Fortunato. It's Max. As I struggled to make out what Fortunato had said, a realization slapped me across the face like a cheap whore who insists she's just a librarian. I learned that fateful night what takes some a lifetime to understand. While revenge is always okay, sometimes when we strive to prove a point, we can end up losing a friend, committing homicide, and missing the lobster fest fireworks. Raven by Ian Smith Once upon a midnight dreary, I pondered not of quantum theory, but sought to entertain myself by poking at a sore. Ow! While I prodded and slapped at that painful pus trap, there came but a tap-tap at my bedroom door. Tis mother to tuck me in for bed as she's done before. Only this and nothing more. Come in, mummy! Ah, distinctly I remember the twenty-first night of September, when our matriarchal member came for Mom's bedtime round. I was eager not to miss that soft goodnight kiss that would leave me remiss if not for being bound in the midst of a mound of blankies wrapped sound, the cosy prince I'd been crowned, nicknamed here forevermore. The door sat still. No one did enter. This bedtime ritual had one dissenter. Mum, said I. You can't be in bed. I've brushed on my teeth, toes, ears, nose, and presumably my head. I was only in a nap when I heard you come and tap, and I need lay and wrap if I wish to sleep more. So come in and tuck me in right now. Here I opened wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. The tap made itself known again, this time across the room, and then it grew louder than before, a silent night through which it tore. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. If mummy tries to get in from there, the door I will implore. But when I reached the window sill, the tap's source I would explore was perched a bird and nothing more. A bird, it seems, has caused this fuss. My nose! Ah! 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 Get, get off! Get off, ah! Mom! Oh, my eye! Mom! Ah! 
Nathan, what's going on? What's going on? Where were you? I was waiting for you to tuck me in. It's midnight. Dreary. It's two in the afternoon. Oh, oh, okay. So time zones no longer exist. That's what you're telling me. Time zones are just gone now. Nathan, is that a bird in your room? Yeah, I thought it might be you. Why would it be me? Uh, I don't know. That's why I went to find out. Well, how did a bird get in your room? You know you're not old enough to open your windows. Hey, you two. What seems to be the fuss? Ronald, Nathan has a bird in his room. I thought it was Mum. And why is that, son? Because when it comes to my birthday present, she's always cheap. (laughs) Oh, fuck! Nathan, what did you do? It's nothing. A raven got in through the window. What the hell is Raven Simone doing breaking into this house? We're squatting here. I'm getting my gun. Ronald. I'm getting my gun, Diane. Look, I'll go in and scare it out. I've done this a million times. You have not. Watch me. Listen here, bird. I have a bomb, so you better leave before... Ah! Nathan? That's not a raven. That's a pelican. How would I know that? We don't live by water. Nathan, you're going to ornithology school. This, this is why we need an ornithologist in the family. I can't stand the politics of it. Let's just wait it out. It'll leave eventually to find food, right? Oh, I don't know. There's no ornithologist here to ask. Well, we're gonna wait. And when it's time in this time zone to tuck me in, we'll check. Otherwise, I can sleep in bed with you two. There's hardly enough room on the twin mattress as it is, Nathan. Then we'll stack. This we sat engaged in guessing, with no syllable expressing our shared disdain for the fowl who bashes on my bedroom door. Minutes and hours ticked away towards the time once I could lay my head in bed and there to stay until the light of morn. At last the time to tuck me in. We heard the bird no more. I opened up my bedroom door. Hello, said I. Are you here still yet? If so, then go, be gone and get. I say, and pray beguile. Oh, fuck! Oh, get off! Get off me! Nathan! Mom, help, help me! Get off him, you demon bird! Go, 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 go! It made a nest! A nest? In my clothes pile. You said you put those away, Nathan. I took them out again. I couldn't help it. Hey, you two. What seems to be the fuss? Ronald, where have you been? There's still the bird! Oh, that's right. Raven Simone. It's just a raven. It's a pelican. Oh, like it matters. Well, either way, I'll be right back again with my gun. Don't you two fret. It'll only take me a second. Hang on. I say we just tuck you in anyway. No. Now, Nathan, we need to establish dominance and teach that pelican it isn't welcome. You remember how we lost the computer room to those crows? Yeah. And then we named them all Cheryl? Yeah. So let's get in there and tuck you in for bed. I said we could stack. We are not stacking. Now get your butt to bed, mister. Fine. Just take it slow. Try not to startle it. Easy, easy. Ah! I'm scared. You're doing fine, sweetie. Just get under the covers. Oh my god! It's okay, it's okay. It's learning, see? Ah! I'll get you tucked. Nice and tight. It's looking at me. It's okay. 
It sees that. Ah! Mom, ah! help me! Nathan, ah! Ronald! I'm tucked too tight. I can't ah! get out. That's all. We ah! get off. I can't get out. Get ah! out of here. Fly out the window. Oh, no. Mom, it's attacking me now. Ah! Nathan. Help me, Mom. One shot can't kill a bird, but two can. <laughs> oh, Ronald. Dad, you saved me. Honey, was that really Raven Simone breaking into this house in the form of a bird? No, Ronald, you misheard, and that's okay. But in that moment, the corpse did change. Its wings, beak, legs did rearrange to take on a new look that's strange from the one that we'd seen flown. My father was right, that late in the night, confirmed by the sight of a woman who might, might, be Raven Simone. Hopes of a That's So Raven reboot had been completely thrown. A sad event we now bemoan. Ah, that's too bad. I liked her. I never saw That's So Raven. So how did this happen? How did Raven Simone turn into a pelican and fly into your room? Yeah. I don't know. But don't let that keep you up, son. We've got a big day tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Your ambiguous plans. Yep. We've been planning for it for a duration of time now. Okay, but can we do something about the dead body? Shh. Good night, son. Hold on. There's a dead body on me. Good night, Nathan. No. Come back. I can't get out. I'm tucked too tight. Mom, I'm tucked too tight. Mom! Corbunkadunk was just your typical high school troublemaker. Corbunkadunk, this is the last time I'm going to tell you. Stop having a ridiculous name. Uh, it's not my fault. My parents named me this. Then get different parents. And he could never quite fit in wherever he went. Get out of here, kid. You're not worth kidnapping. Not with a name like that. I didn't pick this name. Wait, come back. Even his parents came to regret their mistake. We messed up, Kerbunkadunk. We think it'll be better if you left the house. But, but it's my birthday. Oh. All right. Good luck on your own, son. But one day, Kerbunkadunk met a strange man under a bridge. Hi. What's a strange man like you doing under a bridge like this? The fuck did you call me? Who turned out to be more than Kerbunkadunk bargained for. If we're going to live together under this bridge, then I think you should know today's my birthday. Well, how about a special birthday present? What is it? It's a magic candle. A candle that'll grant any birthday wish you make when you blow it out. Wow. Any wish? Any wish. Go ahead. Blow out your birthday candle. What did you wish for? A new name? Your parents to take you back? I wish Raven Simone could turn into a pelican. What? At least until she dies. Why would you waste my candle on such a dumb idea? Coming this Christmas, Pella Candle Under the Bridge. Rated R. Only in select theaters. Do, do, do.
The Goldish Maybe Bronze Bug by Ian Smith Many years ago, I contracted an intimacy with a Mr. William Legrand. Not the kind of intimacy you think of when that word's used, however. No, our intimacy breached no holes, but instead ignited a friendship. He was of an ancient, wealthy line, but a series of misfortunes had reduced him to trusting one too many Nigerian prince emails, and once destitute and exhausted by the consequences of his actions, he managed to leave New Orleans, the land of his forefathers, and took up residence at Sullivan's Island, South Carolina, ruled by the infamous warlord Susan Sullivan from Falcon Crest. The island is a very singular one, whatever that means. It was little more than land surrounded by water. Vegetation occupied the space around where there was no vegetation. Near the western extremity, an old fort and some miserable frame buildings sat occupied by Susan Sullivan's gang of Sullivandals. Legrand had built a small hut on the island for himself and his servant, Jupiter, named for the giant red sore on his stomach, swirling with pus. The weather on the island seldom turned severe, but on the day I first visited Legrand, in October 18th, I do believe there occurred a day of remarkable chilliness. Just before sunset, I scrambled my way through the evergreens to the hut of my friend, narrowly escaping capture and a gruesome, torturous death at the malevolent hands of Susan Sullivan. You've escaped my clutches for now, you son of a bitch! But you haven't seen the last of Susan Sullivan! Sullivan's ho! My, what hooliganry! Dare say, I ought to bill them for my dry-cleaning. These trousers are dirtier than a Welshman's bloodline. Mr. Reginald. Jupiter, my good fellow. Pleasure to see you again, sir. Hope the neighbours didn't give you too much trouble. No trouble at all, but this terrain isn't suitable for my attire, I'm afraid. A hard adjustment that's been for Master Legrand and I, sir. We sent for a landscaper to come out and correct the issue, but I'm afraid he was not as fortunate as you on his way in, and had his Achilles' heel severed, elbows broken, and was dragged about the neck for several hours until he died, sir. I say, that's one way to acquaint yourself with the landscape. A professional to the end, sir. And William hired well. Where is the old sport, anyway? Just ahead, sir. In the hut, escaping this cold. Very good. Won't you join us, Jupiter? I am on the watch, Mr. Reginald, lest the Sully Vandals torch our hovel and slaughter the lot of us. Capital idea, Jupiter. Enjoy the night. You as well, sir. You as well. Upon reaching the hut, I rapped, as was my custom, and getting no reply, sought to let myself in, as was my birthright. Jupiter, is that you? I told you to stay outside and shake your fist at those ruffians until the safety of the morning sun. Oh, William, it is I, Reginald. Reggie, what in blazes are you doing here? Don't tell me you've come all this way to wish me a happy St. Patrick's Day. You're four months early. No, no, I heard you had placed roots here, and I decided to make the trek out to see what you've done with the place. Well, you should have sent word you'd be coming and given me time to tidy up the place. Or at least knocked when you got here. I did knock. Well, the door is made of sticks. You can't expect it to carry sound. So I imagine you've heard of my money troubles. 
I did. You just didn't think princes had money, or... It was the thrill of possibility, my dear Reggie. It's not every day correspondence with royalty just barges its way into your life. Excellent point, William. Thank you, my dear friend. So what has your keen mind occupied as of late? I imagine you've contemplated many a ways at building your wealth up again, through hard work and savvy business strategy. I caught a bug. A bug? Yes, a goldish, maybe bronze, beetle. I believe it to be a new species of scarabaeus. I must show you the picture I drew on some paper I found. Legrand left the warmth of the hearth and retrieved a hand-drawn picture held to his refrigerator by a dinosaur magnet. It escaped shortly after capture, but I drew from memory what it looked like. Here. Huh. You certainly are no artist. I fear this doesn't warrant display on the fridge. Well, kindly go fuck yourself. Perhaps later, but William, there are no antennae on this drawing. What? Impossible! Let me see. He received the paper very peevishly, and was about to crumple it, when a casual glance at the design seemed suddenly to rivet his attention, as would have a fart that was too wet. At length, he proceeded to seat himself upon his bed, chest down, kicking his legs in the air behind him as he examined the paper anxiously, turning it in all directions, all the while saying nothing. Well, old chap, it was a pleasant visit, I dare say, but I must be getting home to Cartringa and the kids. You ought to visit some time if you make your way to the mainland past Susan Sullivan. Legrand sat with the paper still, not raising his head at my announcement until a casual wet fart seemed suddenly to rivet his attention. I apologize. Good night, William. Good night, Jupiter. Happy watching. Good night, sir. Careful of the falcons out for the night hunt. Will do, Jupiter. Will do. Oh, shit. There's one now. Get him, my falcon crust falcon. Rest yourself. Bring me his testicles. The next day, I received a visit at my home from Jupiter. Bloodied and limping, but with several scalps hanging about his neck in victory. Well, Jupe, what is the matter now? How's your master? Why, to speak the truth, sir, he is not very well at all. Not well? What does he complain of? That's the thing, sir. He complains of nothing. There's no ailments. No more diarrheal than the next gentleman. But he is very sick. Healthily diarrheal, you say? What makes you think him sick, then, my dear Jupiter? Why, sir... This morning he caught the goldish, maybe bronze bug mentioned yesterday, as he wanted to show you if you were to return, but has now grown obsessed with finding gold, or maybe bronze. Treasure, really. And all this discussion began after the bug bit him upon capture. My, could it be some kind of bug-transmitted treasure mania, perhaps? It was confirmed on Joe Rogan's podcast, sir. Then it must be true. Take me to him at once, Jupiter. At once, Mr. Reginald. Correct. After a long and silent journey back to Sullivan's Island, we waited for what felt like eight minutes for a plumber to arrive. Why are we waiting for a plumber? He shall be the bait, sir. Hey, when you two call for a plumber? Yes, sir. Right through the brush over there, you'll find a leaky sink. Be sure to make a lot of noise. It's sound activated. That's, uh, weird. 
Okay, I'll take a look and come find you with an estimate. Very good, sir. Okay, making noise, looking for a sink. Lots of noise, I'm the plumber. Looking in the bushes, narrating what I'm doing. Not thinking about my dad. Halt! You have trespassed on sacred land. The Sully Vandals are distracted. Best move now, sir. Right you are, Jupiter. Who are you? Susan Sullivan of Falcon Crest. Okay, well, I'm here to fix a leaky sink. You dare mock my vaginal discharges. Grab him! What? what? Get off Find me. him to that tree. Make him squeal. What are you doing? Let, let me Shatter go. Shatter his shins. I want to see bone when you're done. Now his shoulders. Show no mercy, my Sullivandals. You're sick. You're a sick cunt, Susan Sullivan of Falcon Crest. Falcons, it's feeding time. Oh, no, 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 stop, stop, please, no. With Jupiter's plan working to perfection, we were able to make it to Legrand's hut without further incident. William? Reggie, my dear, dear friend, I have caught the bug. I heard. Marvelous news, I dare say. No dare necessary. It was quite the bit of fun this morning. Here, take a look. Hmm, yes, look at that. It certainly is a bug. And the color is just as you described it. Goldish? Maybe bronze. And a feisty little fuck at that. Yes, Jupiter had mentioned you were bitten, and now mania has caused you to speak of nothing but... Gold. Maybe bronze. But riches nonetheless, and I know where to find it, Reggie. And once I have my fortune back, I can return to the New Orleans anew, just as I was before. And this bug was the key to it all. Please, William, take some ivermectin. It'll help your condition. No, no, there's no time to lose. We must be off on this adventure at once, Reggie. At once, Legrand. Correct. With a heavy heart, I accompanied my friend. Along with Jupiter, we set out with a scythe and spades on our expedition, pausing only for an instant here and there to consult what appeared to be certain landmarks, until finally we reached an enormously tall, out-of-place tulip tree. Legrand stood for a moment before asking Jupiter if he could climb the tree. Me, sir? I'm an old man. But you are my servant, and you will do as you're told. Excellent point, sir. Up the tree I go. Ugh. How far should I go up, sir? Get up the main trunk first, and then here, take this. Legrand pulled from his coat the goldish, bronzy scarab and handed it to Jupiter. What is this, sir? Ah! My, what a painful fall. I suppose I should have mentioned it was the bug, my dear Jupiter. Quite right, sir. Good on you for holding steadfast to it. Shall I climb the tree in Jupiter's stead? No, no. He needs to learn his place. Come, Jupiter, up with you. Attaboy. Uh, That's the spirit. Uh, uh, I can get no higher than this, sir. Splendid. Climb out on that limb now, and tell me if you see anything peculiar hanging about. Nothing peculiar, Master Legrand. That can't be right. There's supposed to be a skull hanging. There it is. Look up there, right in front of Jupiter. Jupiter? Is that a skull hanging in front of you? It is, sir. Well, that might be characterized as peculiar, wouldn't you say? Upon reflection, I believe you're quite right, sir. Excellent. Drop the bug through the left eye socket. 
Are you sure, sir? Wouldn't it fly away? That's true. We could drop a rock instead. This should work. Trust me. Go ahead, Jupiter. He was right. It flew away. It flew away, sir. The rock idea it is, then. After Jupiter climbed back down, retrieved a rock, and made his way back up to the hanging skull, he dropped it through the left eye socket to the ground below. Excellent, William. What fun this was. You were truly right as friendship was the real treasure here. Shut the fuck up, Reggie. We need to find the right spot to dig. Hold my purse. William retrieved twine, which he wrapped around the tree, then around a stake plunged into the ground where the rock had fallen, and then extended that line another fifty feet to where we discovered a small clearing in the vegetation. This is the spot. Where we will dig our friendship, which was the treasure all along. Friendship is not a treasure! Now, take these shovels and dig before it gets too dark. We dug in the midday sun for nearly ten minutes before uncovering a mass of human bones, forming two complete skeletons, intermingled with several buttons and what appeared to be dust of decayed wool. These two must have been friends, and their friendship is the real treasure. Shall I check to see if they're still alive, sir? No need, Jupiter. Scoop them aside and we shall continue with our dig. The good news is this is the intended spot where we will find our treasure. And what makes you think there will be treasure here, Legrand? Do you remember all that day ago when I drew for you a picture of the goldish, maybe bronze bug? I recall something to that effect. Yes. Well, there appeared to be invisible ink on the parchment. And upon further investigation, I realized it was a cryptogram. And once deciphered, I was able to figure out where exactly on the island to search for the treasure it spoke of. And it seems we have hit the spot. Brilliant, William. But I must ask, how did you decipher it so quickly? Lucky for me, it was the same cryptogram Edgar Allan Poe used in his story, The Gold Bug. So Wikipedia had the answer for me. Plain as day. Resourceful as ever, William. Like an orangutan with a spear gun. Ah, it appears we have found the chest with gold. And maybe bronze. Whatever is inside, hoist it up, won't you? Let's have ourselves a proper look. Together, Jupiter and I lifted the chest out of the hole up to William. <laughs> Broke open the lock and opened the chest to find not friendship, but a treasure nonetheless. There were diamonds, opals, emeralds, sapphires, heavy copper crucifixes and silver silverware, nickel coins, platinum records, oddly, no gold, or even bronze. How much would you fancy this is worth, William? I dare say the chest itself could fetch near eight dollars at the proper pawn shop, but the treasure could be upwards of dozens. Even millions, sir. Let's carry this back to your hut, William, and we shall divvy our equal shares. Not so fast, Reginald. It appears your moose is loose, and I am the noose. William, what is this? What does that even mean? Are you betraying me? I don't understand that string of words. This is my treasure, Reggie. My way back to society. I figured out where the treasure would be, and I'm taking it all for myself. You've been a good friend, old chap. It'll be a shame to shoot you. But as they say in Honduras... Jupiter, you knocked your master out with a shovel and saved me. Just doing my civic duty, sir. Now, if we can... At that moment, several arrows flew in from the brush 
one of which struck Jupiter in the head, killing him instantly. More or less. Please kill me, sir. I can't bear the pain. Susan Sullivan and her band of Sullivandals emerged from the tree line and surrounded opposition. I was quickly taken captive without struggle and tied to a tree, where I was bestowed an optimal view of Jupiter and William's ghoulish beheadings. You can elude me no longer, you slimy, vile chode. My falcons always crest their prey. Please, Susan Sullivan of Falconcrest, let me live. I've done nothing wrong. You've stolen my cryptogram, discovered my secret treasure, passed by my public treasure, ignored your friendship treasure, and forced me to add to the country's plumber shortage. It was not me, I swear it. I will use your skull as a chamber pot. Falcons, do your crest. Susan Sullivan and her villainous gang watched with pure spiteful glee as Susan's falcons tore into my chest cavity with their beaks and claws, ripping bone and lung tissue out with ease after years of perfecting the technique. As I began to fade towards death, blood pooling in my eyes and pouring from my mouth, Susan Sullivan grabbed my face with her talon-like fingers, and whispered the last words I would ever hear on this mortal plane. Falconcrest was a soap opera I was in from Telltale Hearty Upper Lip by Ian Smith. True. Nervous. Very, very nervous I had been and am, but will you say that I am mad? Madness has sharpened my senses like a thought cactus, not destroyed nor dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute, which balanced out my hearing loss from the incident in Vermont last year. I heard all sorts of things now, at a normal level like everyone else, so how then am I mad if madness has restored my eardrums? Hearken, which means listen, and observe with your own hearing sense how calmly I can tell you the whole story. It is impossible to say what I was wearing whence the idea roosted upon my brain, but once it did. I wore my plotting pants and scheming sandals day and night. Object? There was none. Passion? There was some. For dance. And it takes two to tango. My second was the old man. My old man. He had never wronged me nor given me insult. One time, however, he walked in on me in the bathroom, but who hasn't by now? Yet still the sight of him. The sight of it, perched on his face, a bristled, smug, Hulk Hogan mustache, begging to be commented on, drove me to make up my mind to take his life and rid myself once and for all of the ghastly sight forever. But night digging is hard, so a simple shave would suffice. Now at this point, you fancy me mad. 
Hulk Hogan is an American icon after all, and his mustache hasn't been overused yet by hipsters like fedoras. But Hogan's feud with Sting rubbed me wrong, and that hate fermented into a sour ale of revenge. You should have seen me how wisely I proceeded. With what caution, with what foresight, with what a wonderful world by Louis Armstrong playing in the background as I planned my move. I was never more kinder to the old man than the days before I struck, nor less kinder. My kindness remained as unchanged as an infant in a barrel lost at sea. Every night, about midnight, I turned the knob of his door and opened it oh so gently. Huh, what? Which is how I found out I needed to oil the hinges to get away with my plan. The next night, after a good oiling even the Tin Man would be proud of, I set in motion my devious plan once again. Gently, I turned the knob and opened his door. Wow, that's a well-oiled hinge! Shit! Who's that? But the genius of my plan to silence those pesky hinges surprised even myself that night. And that well-deserved acknowledgement prolonged my aspirations another. Oh, but that next night was the final night of waiting to execute. Even gentler than before, I turned that knob and opened that door. Slowly, so slowly, I put in my dark lantern, a paradox achieved with a cloth smothering the light and a gleeful neglect for semantics. I thrust in my head next. Oh, you would have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust it in. You'd hardly call it a thrust at all. You think me mad for ignoring words so freely? I moved it slowly, very, very slowly, so as not to disturb the old man's sleep again. It took me an hour to move my whole head inside, or maybe a few minutes. There was no way to tell in the thick darkness, black as pitch. But as I was about to open the lantern, so that a single ray of light could fall upon the eye of the old man, I heard a slight groan. A groan I knew not of pain or of grief. A groan of mortal terror. It was the low, stifled groan from the bottom of a soul, charged in fear and rage. That groan mocked me with its innocence. I resolved to open the lantern a little, a very, very little crevice of light. How stealthily I opened it, until at length a single dim ray like a spider thread shot across the room and fell upon his closed eye. Oh, the old man's terror must have been extreme. He grew louder. And louder every moment in fear. Do you mock me well? Was it madness that drove me next to act? The old man's hour had come. A new anxiety seized me. I threw open the lantern and leapt into the room. I shrieked once. Only once. Before the deed was done. What's going on? What did you do? My mustache! 
The precautions I took to hide the evidence would make you think me mad. With a simple blow, the mustache hairs were dashed to the floorboard with no eye. Not even his could have detected them. The genius of my scheming knows no equal. And you think me mad? Perhaps only through madness can the genius of which the gears of history turn be found, as I have done! <laughs> Alright. That's a bit much, but uh, thanks for answering my question. You did look nervous. Uh, anyway, I'm Jason. I'll be your server today. Can I get you started with something to drink? Would you think me mad if I ordered a Diet Coke? Pepsi okay? Fine. Great. I'll bring that right out for you. And maybe some free bread for the table. No! No! Are you insane? There's no free bread. This is a business, you crazy person. You really are mad. Get out! Get out of here! Alright! Go on! Get! Get! I'm going! Quit spraying me! Why I oughta? Coming this fall to TATSN, it's a new kind of sitcom that'll have the whole family splitting their sides with laughter. Honey, have you seen my dad? Yeah, I accidentally backed over him this morning in the driveway. <laughs> you did what? How could you do that? Easy, the car was in reverse. <laughs> you won't want to miss one second of this Laugh Riot comedy. Mr. Willows, you're under arrest for vehicular manslaughter. Well, looks like someone's not going to that PTA meeting after all. <laughs> Hands behind your back. <laughs> your diaper bills are about to go through the roof with how much you'll be shitting yourself with laughter, and maybe even coming too. You've been found guilty by a jury of your peers, Mr. Willows. Do you have anything you wish to tell the court? Yeah, my lawyer should have quit wearing that tie. <laughs> I sentence you to death. This shit is so fucking funny, if you don't fucking laugh your cock or clit off, I'll slit your throat and fuck the hole till you die. Listen up, new meat. This is my cell. Tonight, I'm making you my wife. Oh, no thanks. I've seen what my wife has to do for her skincare routine. <laughs> Shut up! Oh! Oh! One dog will be euthanized for every ten people who don't watch this show. This is it, Mr. Willows. Any last words? Bazinga? Two skis in a pod. Coming to the TATSN morning lineup. Dr. Raymond Pants, Books on Tape on Demand, is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.